0: Welcome to episode 97.5 of the how Did It Happen podcast, hosted by Mike Malatesta. In this episode, Mike welcomes Dr. muvin Kandula, an entrepreneur, physician, CEO, and the founder of Advent, an independent ENT medical practice. On episode 87, Dr. Kandula joined Mike on the how Did It Happen podcast and shared how he pioneered the use of in-office balloon sinoplasty and minimally invasive sinus surgery. And today... Dr. Moven is back on the How It Happen podcast and talks with Mike about how COVID-19 has impacted him personally as well as his business. They also get into the hows and whys of the way people are thinking about the virus, the leadership decisions it's dictated business owners and government officials to make, how we get ourselves out of this, and much more. Dr. Kandula has been selected multiple times as one of America's top physicians, been recognized as a healthcare hero by the BizTimes publication, and received a Bravo Entrepreneur of the Year award.
1: The leadership team in particular has had focus on big picture topics and no excuse to not push those things forward right now. And so things that might have taken quarters and years to play out, we've done them in literally have done them in a day or a week. And it's like this adrenaline surge of business will and it's refreshing. um, It's tiring in a way. I feel like we've worked harder in this shutdown mode than we do normally because in normal life, there's a normal cadence and you get used to that cadence and and you can kind of just sort of go with the flow. In COVID life, there's not really a cadence. And so everything's a bit new and it's new things are tiresome. So, but they're also how you grow.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hello Water, Hello Water is fiber-infused with zero sugar, five grams of fiber, with five inspiring flavors. A fun and fresh delivery system to help curb appetite and promote gut health. Smile, laugh, live, love, and dance your way to a healthy lifestyle. Visit HelloWater.com to find a retailer near you. Hello Water. Inspire health. And now, here's Dr. Moven Kandula. Mavn, welcome back to the show. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me
2: yeah, so for those of you who um, may not have heard my uh, earlier episode with uh, Dr. Candula, that which was number eighty seven, uh, Dr. Candula is an entrepreneur, a physician, CEO, and the founder of Advent, which is the place to go if you need your nose fixed and <laughs> and other things, probably. <laughs> yeah. um, so he has pioneered the use of in-office balloon. Sinuplasty and minimally invasive sinus surgery. In addition, he's been selected multiple times as one of America's top physicians, uh, been recognized as a healthcare hero by the Business Times publication, and received a Bravo entrepreneur entrepreneur of the Year award. And even though he he, he and I um, did uh, our episode not long ago, a lot has changed uh, in the world in that period of time. Uh, due to um coronavirus covid nineteen and I know everybody's probably sick of talking about coronavirus and covid nineteen I know i am but uh but i'm not but but i'm I'm very interested in the stories behind the headlines and dr Candula as a as a, uh kind of unique because not only um is he a physician in in um uh, in the time of a pandemic, but he's also, um, a business owner who's been, um, I think impacted, um, by, by this and probably, um, has come up with some very kind of cool and creative ways to navigate his company, um, through it. So anyway, I thought it would be a great uh, opportunity for us to, to catch up. So Dr. Candula, what's been going on?
1: Yeah. I, it's a lot's been going on, you know, and and, and I, I was just talking to somebody else today, and uh, we were sort of, kind of, just talking about where are things at, and kind of how are things looking, and and I made the comment <clears throat> in reflection, it's like you know, it's it's been hard, and it's been a challenge, but I honestly feel like Advent as an organization. Is stronger and more poised for success than we've ever been um, because of all the challenges that the situation has brought on us. Um, and you know, I, th- I think that's that's where I'd start. I'd, I'd say, you know, it, it, for all those who've been through this uh, story arc, um, the, the initial days of the lockdown and the pandemic, and those were literally from a business standpoint. Um, things were changing minute by minute, like, and not just little changes, but like drastic, dramatic, you know, big, big changes, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, um, you know, really was, it was, um, tiring from a, even from a mental standpoint, it was I mean I, I can't I can't imagine there's anybody who's truthful with themselves that wouldn't say it was um I mean, it was depressing, it was scary. it was, um, you know, all these varied emotions bundled together in a situation where um the reality is nobody's ever been through this particular situation um ever you know, and, and, and that's that's sort of fundamental to, you know, kind of what we're trying to figure out right now. When I say that, I mean, there's been pandemics before. Uh, that's not new. But I'd say there's never been a pandemic in this information age, uh, in which the reaction kind of worldwide was to shut everything down. That That's never happened. Right. Uh, typical pandemic is, yeah it, they're scary and and probably even more scary back before information was available but meaning you didn't know what was coming but on the flip side you know typically what was done is you uh, quarantine the infected and you protect the vulnerable and um and then you cross your fingers and and go and and, and that left a mark and that left a ramification for that but it's never in society have we done what we just did and so I know we were talking about this a little bit before, but there are no experts. You know, there, there, there is nobody walking around that's an expert in this. There's epidemiologists, and there's all sorts of various experts in their fields, but um, nobody knows, you know, uh, how to unwind from what we just went through. Uh, nobody's got a crystal ball. Um, on the flip side, I'd say I believe in the resiliency of humanity, and um, you know, I think if you let us. Uh, sort of figure this out, move in a forward direction. We're gonna do it, and um, and we're gonna do it.
2: You know, and it's when you were saying what it was like right at the beginning. It, what was popping into my mind was like it's, it's like you know crawling a get cr- crawling a ball, sort of like getting a ball, sort of scary. Like what you mm-hmm. know, you don't know what to do. And then for us in the United States, at least, we've never um been told or demanded that we had to stop doing something that was otherwise legal, right? You had to stop, you know, we read about it, read about lockdowns in these different, it's always in, you know, some Asian country usually, or, or, you know, Ebola, you know, you, you, you read about these things and you can mentally, um, you can understand them and have, Mm -hmm. um, you have an awareness, but, it's a whole different thing when somebody tells you, "Hey, you got to, you know, close your business, or you got to, you have to stay home, or you have to do all of these other things." That's just right. a new, brand new territory for
1: right. For us. But it's never happened, and you know. It's never happened in this country, um, which you know, yes, this country is not that old <laughs> compared to some other countries, but still, this country has a, a, a varied history world wars and, and, um, you know, significant situations, but never have we done what we, you know, what we just did and, and we're still not out of it. So, I mean, we, we, it's not over. It's um, so I wouldn't make that mistake either, but I would say, um, it's, it's new territory. I think every business has kind of, we were starting to talking about that. I mean, every business has had to approach this and figure it out. I, I think, you know, for whatever business that you're in, um, this is it, it this is universally impacted every single business and some businesses many businesses will, will never be again they're gone and um there are businesses that will sort of rise anew from this and maybe they're doing that right now and then mm-hmm. there's the businesses that were there pre and are there now and you know it's sort of what are you going to be like on the back end of this and and for us you know specifically yeah we were a medical practice and and so um there's this added layer of um everything i mean it's a business it's a practice um you know it's it's the intersection of of all those things and so you know for us specifically technically we are an essential business uh in healthcare but in the early phases of things you know this was happening fast and furious we shut everything down uh because in our business, uh, we use um, many of the things that were uh, maybe going to be, um, you know, there, there, there were going to be shortages on and and we didn't want to be um, using resources, re- using press or misusing precious resources. So we, we literally shut things down. Mm-hmm. We've never done it. It's just a weird concept, but it, it, it's sort of, um, you know, we've been around since 2004 and, um, you know, Day in, day out, 365 days a year, you know, we are always available and, and we were still available, um, you know, virtually and, and on telephone, but still to physically lock our doors. I remember those days where, you know, we locked our doors, shut things down, you know, our staff, um, you know, took their desktop computers, put them in their cars, you know, drove home and. Figured it out. It was almost, it was as apocalyptic as, as you get, I fe- you know, it, and it, it was really eerie and spooky and it was unknown. And, and I think on the back end of that, um, what we've come to know is that, you know, at least in Wisconsin and, and we've got a couple offices in Illinois at this point, they really, the, 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 um, the health system was not overrun. That was the big concern. Like the whole reason to lock things down was, you know, what if this we get a massive wave and and the, and we, we the the curb sort of spikes and you have, you know, thousands of people needing hundreds of ventilators mm-hmm. and people are going to die because they don't have resources, which is all really, really scary um, that didn't end up happening. And, um, you know, maybe that's because of the measures. We'll never know. I mean, that, that really um, there's been pockets of, of trouble throughout the world. But generally speaking. Um, it's been um, varied approaches have worked variably and there's not like prizes for, um, you know, sort of any particular reaction. It's sort of like, yeah, that might work in South Korea, but I don't know if that worked here or would work here. And 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 we'll never quite know. I guess yeah. one statement I made to my staff uh, initially, and we communicated constantly through this, but was this the concept back before we knew how things were going to unfold. It was just the concept of, you know, really there are no prizes that are going to be given out for for overreacting and no prizes for underreacting and your goal is to react and um and and we'll see how that plays and i heard I man i've been you listening and reading you know much about just sort of mindset and all this and so I, I heard an analogy for this, which I thought was good. I mean, generally in business, you kind of play this chess game that you, you're you're thinking about moves a little bit down the road, and you're strategizing. It, and, and all of a sudden, for everybody, you are in a tennis match. So instead of a chess game, you're in a tennis match, and your job is to return, you know, the balls as they're delivered to you, and you know, with uh, with topspin, backspin, side. You know what I mean? Like you didn't, you don't know, and so you know, if you think about a chess player, all of a sudden picking up a tennis racket and playing an entirely different game, I'd say that's a pretty good analogy for what, what the situation is. Yeah. And someday we'll play chess again, but, um, you know, the the playing board is going to look a whole lot different than it did.
2: Yeah. And you bring up some good points because at the beginning, I remember listening to, and you know, experts who, who were saying, you know, we're going to have 40 to 70% of the population infected with this in a matter of a short period of time. And that's going to lead to the, 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 you know, the over, overrunning of, of our uh, intensive care mm-hmm. capabilities. And that sounded very um, scary and, and logical. Um, if the, but of course it was predicated on that, that huge number, right. Right. So, so um, you know, and as a leader when you're, you know, in that situation, I, I, I I definitely can understand, you know, erring on the side of ultimate precaution. Um, I think, though, that you know, for me, as it's gone on, and that hasn't happened, or it's happened in very minimal pockets here mm-hmm. and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the leadership tended to shift toward not "what if I'm right." it's what if I'm wrong? So it became mm-hmm. leadership, self-preservation. Like if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong by saying to open up, you know, parts of the country, or if I'm wrong by putting, you know, uh, but by, by actually asking r- you to be responsible, if I'm wrong doing that, mm-hmm. and someone mm-hmm. can come back at me later, uh, I don't want that. So right. I'm going to go the whole other side and I'm going to say, I, I know best for you. And, it seemed to me like after a period of time, um, certainly after the first three weeks or so, it, while again, nobody really knew where it was going to go, it became easier, I think to see that, um, there might be another path than just, you know, riding the quote, the status quo of shutting things down, particularly when you start to see all these people laid off and you start to see right. business suffering. And it's always amazing to me, you know, er- everybody should run a business conservatively, but conservatively, you know, people say, well, you should have six months cash you should have this. Well, six months, even the six months cash, even if you agree with that, that's six months cash of a business that's operating. Correct. When you have zero revenue and you have six months, or in this case, let's say just two months of expense. Right. That's that, that's six month cushion of, of sort of operating break even uh is gone because you have no revenue right. coming in anymore. Anyway. Yeah. so it's kind of a silly no. it's like a little silly comparison because um and you know who anyway i don't want to get too far and i want to i want to i want to keep this focused on you and <laughs> That's not, not 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 what i thought but one of the things you said early um was that this is going to ultimately make your company stronger and better and i've heard that from a lot of people and i wonder to myself sometimes are they just saying that because that sounds like a good thing to say or do they really believe it and have evidence that that's going to happen so i'll ask you what do you what do do you base that on
1: yeah yeah words are cheap uh you know actions and results matter and I say that with conviction. Like it's not like an aspirational, like oh, I, you know, it, because it, it, and and not that this whole situation hasn't hurt. We we you know let go of many good people. We have furloughed other. You know, we we have we've done the things that you have to do <clears throat> to keep a business going. And you know, the other part of this whole situation is, for the first time, at least for our existence, it really was survival mode. Like we need to like the fundamental thing is we have to survive through this and get through this. But then <clears throat> once we kind of had a kind of develop a strategy to say, okay, this is what's happening. This is what we're going to do fine. Then it also became a, <clears throat> for us, the reason I say we're stronger today than we were before this is that there were initiatives and things that we kind of put off because um, you're busy and you have so much bandwidth. And, and it's, it, it's, it's that situation where you're, if you're in the box, it's hard to, take a step outside of it yeah, sure. and really um you know sort of analyze what you should do and i think a lot of people have seen this you know probably maybe even personally is that in healthcare pre covid there was a lot of talk about uh, virtual medicine telemedicine all these things which were nice terms but Nobody really did a particularly good job of of going into that, and we didn't either because it just was sort of this like, boy, that to me when when pre COVID, somebody said virtual visits and telemedicine. To me, that says, oh, that's going to be a lot of work. You know, that's that's a whole initiative that we're going to have to. You know, we're and we want to do this, but boy, we you know we 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 we're, we we are plates full right full right now, and so COVID all of a sudden was like, well. You know, whether whether we, we wanted to plan this out and do this sort of in an organized manner, but we're going to we we need to do this now. If, if we're not seeing patients live, well, we need to see them in some manner. And so we put together um, a virtual medicine program, um, you know, rapidly, like really dramatically, rapidly. And that was our teams pulling together. Throughout the organizations, the clinicians, and and everybody figuring out, okay, how are we going to do this? What platform are we going to use? Um, you know, up and down the line, and so that program that we launched in COVID has now taken off, and so we, I, I have data showing me, and and we have, you know, we have the data even in the midst of this. We're still in this in this sort of lockdown situation. Yeah. And we're still coming out of it, but but our um, our numbers there are, are through the roof and, and it's great. And then, um, so that one is like, okay, that's really good. And I'm glad we have it for right now. And the other reality though there is as the world kind of comes back online, People are going to expect that type of availability from their physicians. And um we are going to be able to deliver that. and and for us, um throughout time, we've we've always had the tendency for people to come to see us from far away, which is great. But it's a bit of a challenge because medicine's old school. And if I'm going to treat you, if you're coming from, you know, the Fox Valley even down to to Milwaukee, that's great. But boy, I'm going to have to see you know, see you in person every single visit. and it's a lot of visits uh, yeah. over time versus, hey, we can do a lot of these things virtually. There's some things I need to do in person. You know, Can we split those things apart? And all of a sudden, what what, what we are finding, and it's not a surprise, but it's good to see it in real life, is that people are... We, we can extend our reach because the things that need to be in person are those things that truly need to be in person. And the things that could be some alternative version, we can do that. And we can flip between those two modes and... Um, It's it's made us better, so I'd say those operational techniques are are great, and they're they're, and we're not going to go back. I mean, there's no, I mean, that's going to be that way for forever. And I can go on and on and on, but I would say we've done some new things on the marketing front that we've never done. Um, It's just almost a time where everybody in the organization, not everybody, but I, I would say our leadership leadership team in particular has had sort of bandwidth and. Focus on big picture topics, and no excuse to not push those things forward right now. And so, things that might have taken quarters and years to play out, we've been, we've done them in. I mean, some of these things we've literally have done them in a day or a week. Um, and it's like this adrenaline surge um, of 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 business um, will, and uh, you know, and it's and it's refreshing. Um, it's tiring in a way. I feel like we've worked harder in this. Shutdown mode than we do normally because in normal life there's a normal cadence and you get used to that cadence and and you can kind of just sort of go with the flow. In COVID life there there's there's not really a cadence and so everything's a bit new and it it's new things are tiresome. So but they are also how you grow.
2: Well, there's no you know there's the, the always uh, sort of saying is that you know you never waste a. Uh, um, Pandemic it used to be a crisis, yeah. yeah. Now, never waste a pandemic. And I think yeah. that um, what you're saying is you've figured out a way because you had to more than anything else not to waste it. And yep. I'm wondering um, with the teledoc thing, what is besides the technology on that? What's what's challenging? Because because you see it, of course, you just say, well wow, that reduced cost is great. You, mm-hmm. you can scale. You can scale mm-hmm. your time. Maybe people can send stuff when." without an appointment and then you look at it as it makes sense for you. I don't know if it's there yet or not, but what's, what are the challenges of it? And I'm thinking like, obviously it would be um, enhanced by wearable technology and other things. That's taking vital signs or something like that for some physicians, but for you, for your practice in particular, um, how is it challenging on the diagnostic side? For example, how is it challenging on the post procedure side? I guess what, how, yep. People I yeah. so yeah I mean I understand what teladoc is sort of high level but I I've, I've never actually done it and never done it obviously from the physician's side.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's um it, it is it's challenging on every front you know um because it's just all different and it's all new. I think and and um just as in life in general I I'd say you know there is nothing <laughs> There's nothing like a handshake. There's nothing like sharing space with another human being. Uh, technology will never replace that. Never, ever, ever. And I'd say telemedicine, virtual medicine um, will never replace in-person medicine. It just, it, I don't think so. Maybe I'm just naive and old school that way. <clears throat> but I think the fundamentals don't really change. And so the fundamentals to deliver care from a medical standpoint, most care is actually is is um, delivered based on somebody's what their what their story is their history. Um, so when when we diagnose when we treat somebody it's 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 history and physical exam and those two things used to kind of just in, in real in the real world those things kind of overlapped and, and I could talk to you and I could look at you and we can kind of go back and forth and and there is an art to that that is often underlooked and I, I would say and it it's a massive part of medicine which is the art of medicine which is you know another word for that is bedside manner and another word for that is just being a decent human being uh meaning that uh, you know if, if you've been in the presence of a physician that truly cares for you uh they don't have to say any words but you can you can you can feel it you can see it um kind of a thing when you're separated by technology you lose some of that and mm-hmm. and i think there's a a, a loss of um, the there, there's sort of in medicine. I'm, I'm going all over the place, but there's something called the laying on of hands, which is when I see you and I we talk to each other. That's that's one thing. Just by putting, and this is, I mean, everybody knows this concept. I think is if you put your hand on somebody's shoulder, um, there's there's a connection there that's different. Obviously, you got to ask permission to do something like that, especially nowadays. But I'm just saying, there's there's sort of a th- that's somebody has to, um, grant you permission to do that. And then if, if that's, if that's simple thing happens, it's, it's, it creates a bond there. But even when we do our physical exam, or I'd say, especially when when we do a physical exam, it's, 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 you're a patient, a person is is allowing themselves to be vulnerable in the presence of another person, um, which is different than what technology can do. And so I think, um, we're still figuring it out from a from a provider standpoint. Um, I am still, and we are still figuring out how do you be how can you be an excellent virtual physician because it's an entirely different skill set. I mean, some of it's related to what you do when you're in person, but it's not the same. And um, it's just a, a different cadence. There's a, just a different way you have to go about things. Um, and, and it's just, it's different. So we're still getting used to it. But on the flip side, and this is a weird concept that I didn't really, I didn't, I, don't, I never thought of, but now that I'm, we're we're in it, I can see it is people actually, now flip everything I just said on, on its head and, and I'd say people are willing to be more, um, vulnerable with their words um, virtually than they are in person. There's, I think there, 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 there's, there's almost like a freedom of because I'm not in the same place as you are, I can tell you things that i might not tell you in person it's it's and and, and there's been studies and there and there's gonna be more studies on this it's it's counterintuitive it's like yeah. well, i would not have thought it's like and these are, and, and those are those sorts of things are the things i love the most in the world um and i think the one blessing of this COVID situation is um all the things that you think you know are likely not true and not likely not based on anything other than your misperception of of how the world works and so I'm a big fan of of uh, behavioral psychology behavioral economics meaning that you know there in in life there we are animals and we will tell you the reason why we think, like, I'm going to, I can tell you why I, why I do something, like why I think I do it, but that probably has nothing to do with why I actually do it. They're, 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 they're probably not even related, uh, honestly. And so if you, if you look and say, you know, look at somebody and see how do they spend a dollar? Like, how do they say they're going to spend a dollar versus how they actually spend that dollar? They have nothing to do with each other, Mm. um, whatsoever. And I'd say in medicine, it's sort of these same things. There's, there's sort of these, um, Assumptions about how telemedicine is going to be, and those assumptions are going to be wrong, and we're finding that out in real time, which is fascinating uh, but we're also finding out that it's an entire an entirely new toolbox that we can start drawing from and using um which at the eventually is going to make us better currently we're still figuring it out
0: yeah
2: and is, and obviously there's a whole um, range of different. Uh, patients, audiences, I'll Mm -hmm. say, right? So some audiences will be like, this is the coolest thing. I don't have to go see you. You can tell me what's wrong. That's all I need. And then you've got all these other patient audiences that are like kind of what you said. You said something very profound there when you talked about putting your hand on someone's shoulder because getting better isn't just about the medical procedure. Getting better is about your mind and everything else. And when you put your hand on someone, it, it, probably induces brain chemistry to be released that makes them feel good about you and also feel good about themselves. It's like a confidence booster of, you know, serotonin or something that comes from that interaction that you just can't get. Um, over the internet. It was interesting too what you said about people say stuff that's like, sort of like the social media thing. Behind the keyboard oh, yeah. people say all kinds oh, yeah. of stuff that that's they the would never say or on a podcast, you know, people just yeah. start talking, they just forget about, you know, it's just so um yeah, so interesting. How how does the how does the medical, how does the health insurance world handle those kinds of uh virtual uh, visits as opposed to in person because there's always a motivation, right? There, that
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, we're still figuring it out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'd say that was the other barrier for us to go down that road pre COVID was that the yeah, kind of the insurance industry had, hadn't had really gotten up to speed with that, and they had a lot of, of red tape and regulations as they do with most things, right. And so, in COVID, and I actually came. It, it, it actually came. I think uh, the 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 cutting of red tape in healthcare. A lot of that actually came from the top down. I, I I'm I usually hate top down. I hate the 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 things that come from the top and roll downhill. I'm a bottom up kind of guy, but I would say CMS, which is the the are the folks that run Medicare and Medicaid. Um, they. Um, purposefully and sort of showingly with big scissors said we're cutting this th- these regulations we are basically for Medicare for instance if you see somebody in real life we code it a certain way and you get per- paid a certain amount and that in, in pre-COVID world that, that would been, have been nowhere near or nothing compared to what, what they would have reimbursed you to do it virtually um, CMS said we're going to pay you exactly the same whether you see somebody virtually or in person mm-hmm. and that's a big deal Like that's a Huge. massive deal yeah. and then many of the other insurance companies then followed and said, "Oh, okay, well, we can do this." and so um that was a that was a big thing and and on down the line, there's been there, it, healthcare i mean part of it's by necessity, part of it's by just sort of how messed up the system is has so much um so many regulations that have make no sense whatsoever. and um there's nobody whoever speaks truth to that um insanity and so it just continues and if you speak truth to, to the insanity the the folks who sort of set those systems up will, will come after you and so it's it's yeah. just sort of th- those things happen this was a unique situation where um you know yes if we can't see people in real life we need to figure out a way to do that and so let's drop some of these sort of um draconian uh, uh red tape uh measures and let's see if we can figure things out and you know we'll see how long that lasts i guess back to your question i'd say right now there's we're in this little weird window where things are happening that have never happened before um you know eventually inertia is going to come back in in full force and red tape will come back in full force and um i don't think it'll quite ever be the same um and and so virtual medicine is going to be you know with us and it's going to be here to stay to some extent um some uh, folks in healthcare are going to wish that it didn't uh, show up, and are going to do everything in their power to get it gone. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I guess to me, and as I live my life, and as I live my career, and, and as I you know kind of uh, run our business here, it's 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 a story that's unfolding in real time, and it's been fascinating. You know, every every turn that we've had, and this is a real. This is a, a new chapter. So the, you know, we, we've maybe it's an entirely new book, and in and, and we're now in this next uh of the series of how this is going to unfold and i don't know i I honestly the 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 most freeing thing i have to say these days is i don't know and i am thankful to be in a page turner like it's going to be interesting and and this is a choose your own adventure so this isn't just some book i'm reading this is a how are you going to bend the arc of of the future and um we're writing that story right now and it's 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 back to the scary part of this, which was the beginning part. And I don't know where we are in it right now, this COVID situation. It is. Uh, it's been interesting. I mean, it, it's, it's gonna it's memorable. Um, you know, it will you know, nobody I, I can't imagine there's anybody who's alive right now, who will ever be able to forget this, um, this moment in time, and I'd say, I, I, how many other moments in time are there like that in your life, um, period, and there's probably only a handful. Well, be thankful for it.
2: You're right. Because I was just listening to um, someone that was talking about 9 11, and 9 11 was something that impacted almost everybody at the Mm -hmm. time, whether you were in New York or Washington, D.C. or Pennsylvania or wherever, it impacted you, but not like this, right? It impacted you sort of like what I was talking about earlier, where you read about a pandemic somewhere else and you're like, oh my God, that's horrible. I'm glad it's not here. Right here, there was no glad it's not here because it yeah. was because it's it's everywhere. Um, and I do think you're right about that. So, what's interesting, um, about Medicare, you know, saying we'll do this, you know, we'll pay the same and stuff, which, um, because everybody knew that being scared, everybody, everybody sort of gets that being scared to be in the presence of someone else right now is not for a lot of people is not an irrational. Mm -hmm. thought where before it was like, Hey, this is the system you have to go and that's your only choice or you don't get care sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how long people continue to feel that fear, um, or enough people, right. Um, enough people, um, because like with nine 11, maybe it took a decade, maybe longer before people were, most people were comfortable flying and then boom, you know, everybody was comfortable flying again and nobody made nobody thought about it twice. Um, and now that industry is going to have to start all over again with the same right. kind of thing. So in our first um, in our first uh, podcast together, you said something like, um, I don't sit well in somebody else's box. Mm-hmm. And you just sort of mentioned that that t- sort of a reference to that with the top down thing. Right. But you've been sitting through, uh, almost two months of being in someone else's box, meaning someone else is is telling you what you can and can't do largely. Right. Um, so personally, what, what, in, what's that been like for you? How have you dealt with it?
1: Uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it has been a challenge and I think, um, it's been a challenge i guess is, is sort of the bottom line i think the the, the reality in the time we are living in is it's just um it, it, there's there's a kind of a a mindset where um there's only one way to think and and that i that i have no uh patience for i guess when i say i'm an outside the box guy i don't like top down i think back to what i was saying before about sort of behavioral psychology and behavioral economics is if somebody tells you with certainty that um this is, this is the, the, the you know, there, I hear this a lot and, 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 and anybody who says this cannot be a scientist is that, you know, it's settled. The science is settled here. There's, there's no question about it. This is what you get. All the experts have spoken. And I'd say, whenever you hear that phrase, all the experts have, have spoken, understand that somebody's trying to put a, pull a bag over your head. Yeah. And, they're just and trying it, to smack
2: it, you down, right? It, up, because that's, it's, it's
1: a nonsensical yeah. statement and it doesn't make, there isn't a true scientist in the world Who would ever say anything's ever, there's nothing settled. There's, it's just, it's, it's always, um, there's always a question mark and, and, um, you know, you, and, and and embrace that. Don't deny it. But I think my biggest challenge right now, in, in, in the grand scheme of things, as a person, um, and as a business owner is just sort of this, um, I feel like there's this groupthink mentality that's been, um, sort of force-fed to everybody, and maybe rightfully so. This is where it gets tr- tricky and controversial sometimes. It, it's sort of this this mindset, and I guess it comes back down to this, these fundamentals of, um, do you believe in the individual or do you believe in society? Can you believe in both? you have to pick one? And in this instance, it's sort of like almost... Uh, um, I feel like there's a lot of shaming that's going on these days, um, which isn't healthy. And I feel like there's a lot of, you know, riding of of high horses, which those horses are Trojan horses. They don't, they're not real. And I feel like they, I, I just I, I think those sorts of um, those situations in the moment can be confusing. But as you get further and further away from them, you start saying that that's a Trojan, that that's not the, the person on the high horse, that horse is 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 not. Real and you know the, the person that's been deemed like the the evil sayer is not so evil. Um, and so it's back to I guess the, the question on how I've been dealing with it is is um, trying to sort of check my there's I think pre covid there was things that you thought. About yourself, and then COVID was a good opportunity to see how how true those things were. And I'd say everybody's a hypocrite, and everybody's a sinner. Everybody, there's nobody who's walking around this earth that's that's got it all figured out, and I don't either. Um, But 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 part of what I believe in. Um, and it's not just stoicism, but I'd say stoicism is, is, is mm-hmm. sort of a philosophy I identify with is, which is really control what you can control and do that and squeeze, squeeze it tight, you know, grip tight, the reins on whatever you can control, flip that around. If you can't control it, let it go. Like, don't, don't hold that in your head. Don't hold that in your hands. Cause if you truly can't control it, um, it's pointless to, to, uh, sit there and stew on it. And this was a good opportunity to think about what's in your control, what's not in your current control. Generally speaking, there's more in control than you think there is um, but but there are certain things that are truly out of your control. Um, and so um, again, I had that thought I mean that that was sort of. Things I've been pondering for a long time, and philosophies I, I just find comforting that are helpful in, in good times. But you never really get to sort of you, you, if nobody ever punches you in the in the gut, you never really know if you if you if if you were protected or not. And so you need to be punched to know it. And I felt like this was a good punch, and it hurt uh, initially. Right. But um, but I do feel like it was it, both for me personally and as an organization. I feel like we we've done we've, we've lived true to that, um, that philosophy and, and we've control everything we can control. We controlled it. And that those that didn't, uh, once we recognized that we couldn't let them go and, and, you know, and, and that's um, maybe that's a, a sort of a false construct and maybe that's all like an illusion that, that um, gives you some sense in things. But um, yeah, just like um, sort of Putting your hand on somebody, somebody's shoulders, um, you know, just you know, if, if that's an illusion, it's an illusion, but it works, um, you know. So if you need an illusion to make sense of things, um, then then that's fine. But those things work. And I mean, I was thinking about this as you were talking about kind of, you know, putting your hand on somebody's shoulder and, and what that means. That means a lot. There's something called the placebo effect, which most people think is like fake, like, oh, I'm going to give you a sugar pill and it's going to work. And that means that uh, you're, you're a, you know, charlatan or whatever. No, it actually means that, in order, when you that there's massive, massive doses of art that's delivered with medicine, and you know you can take that same, you could take an effective medicine and deliver it um, ineffectively, and it's not going to work, and vice versa. And so there's there's just, I feel like there's this sort of like magic in the world. <laughs> A lot of what we're talking about, which is like, what's the magic of when you shake somebody's hand? You know what what, what happens there. Um, you know, I, I, in this, I'm going way all over the place today, but I would say, I've heard that, you know, they'll, we'll never shake hands again. That's just not going to happen. And I'd say that it's possible. It's possible that that won't happen, but, um, that, you know, the, the, the similarly drastic things happened a hundred years ago yeah. in this country, um, with the Spanish flu. And, you know, when, when you look back at those pictures where people were wearing masks and, and I didn't, I'm a physician. I didn't, I don't, I didn't know, like, how do you say, I forgot about all that. I wasn't alive, obviously, but, but the people who were around back then forgot those things very, very quickly and, and went on with their life. And now that might not happen this time, but I'd say we're probably more similar to, you know, our, our grandparents who are alive in 1918 mentally than we are, uh, than we think we are. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah.
2: Yeah. So you, you placebo effect is, is interesting because to me, that's, uh, and I, I don't know the science about about it, but to me, it's belief system. If I believe something, chances are um, it's going to work for me. If I mm-hmm. don't believe something, chances are it's not going to work for me.
1: Right? And yeah, <sighs> absolutely. And and, and and that's where and people and we don't understand and, and so back to the like the science is settled, and I think the science is settled. There was everybody will acknowledge that there is. You can't deny that that there that that there is something there, but nobody can explain to you exactly what's happening. Nobody can ever. Nobody can explain to you the placebo effect yet. Uh, study after study will show you that that's how things play out. Um, and so there, there's. <laughs> I feel like almost kind of what I was saying before is is you know this 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 concept that we're. Um, all knowing, this information age is brought us to uh, this 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 higher level of of consciousness, and I'd say may, maybe so, but we don't and we cannot answer the simplest questions um, that are out there, and um, that's refreshing. <laughs> Back to my book that I'm that, that we're still writing in, in real time here, meaning that it's your life as it goes by. That that's that's good. I mean that that I guess to me this whole situation reinforces my um, fascination with the human condition and our flaws and our perseverance and our grit and all those things that have gotten us here. And again, internally I've been trying, like we, we, Pre-COVID, I would do a video message to my entire uh, company. Usually, go out once a week, and and in COVID, we've been doing that daily um, because okay. it's, it's it's important. I feel like to connect and um and and deliver you know messages that way, and um you know so we we're kind of talking about a lot of these things about um, sort of big concepts and and big things which I think are, um, again, maybe a blessing in COVID is that it allows us to, to, to do that. And, and I think a blessing in this situation is that, um, yeah, we're, we're, again, this sounds morbid too, but there's something called momentum mori, which is, you know, a a reminder that you carry around that you're going to die. And that sounds really morbid, but it's a, well, what's the alternative there? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you know, life is fleeting and it's special and it's precious but it's fleeting um and and it's, it's it all those things have to go to come together and so um i think thinking about some of these deeper thoughts sometimes they can be scary but i think sometimes they're just kind of comforting and then sometimes i give, it. i feel like it gives you a bit of a a bit of armor as you go out out in the world and understand that like covid for instance what we've come to know is is yes it's it's not to be messed around with But it's, it's sort of, we could place it in, we could put it in its place along with other respiratory diseases. It's not particularly special. It's novel. Okay. Is it more, you know, you fill in the blank than flu. It's, it's, is it more contagious? Is more deadly? You know, we're going to find out. We don't know right now, but we, you know, we, we think we know some of those things, but we know where that lives and it, and it's fine. And, um, you know, it's just sort of, um, I'd say we're going to get past this as a society, no doubt. And and I think, again, folks who are thinking about this and approaching this, I think with the right mindset will likely find that they're stronger on the back end um, because... Like I was saying before, and as we said before, if, if, you know, when you meet challenges where you get strong and um, you don't get strong by sitting around, you know, eating bonbons, uh, that's not going to get you strong. You get right. strong by doing hard things. And this is a hard thing that we are fortunate to be able to to do and do it together um, globally, which is really a different. Another weird ramification of this is I'd say never in the history of, of humanity is the entire Earth entire globe, all people, um, been sort of focused on one, um, one enemy, um, like this. And so I don't know if it's going to, I don't know, is that going to be a good thing? Is it not going to be a good thing? We'll find out. It's going to leave a mark, uh, one way or another.
2: Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's everybody fighting against a war against an enemy that you can't see. And so are you going to be, you know, first of all, how do you deal with that? And then second, how do you feel about it? And third, okay. So, um, what, you know, you said, you said something about life being fleeting and and my mind went right to, okay, yeah, that's a great, that's a great sort of reminder that we're here for a finite period of time, no matter COVID or not. So, uh, you can, you can approach that one of two ways you can say, well, what's the point? I'm only going to be here for a certain amount of time. (laughs) Or you could say, holy crap, I'm only going to be here for a certain period of time. I've got to get some stuff done.
1: Yep. Um, Yeah.
2: So, okay. Last thing. Um, You've said uh, you've had to say, I don't know more times uh, since this began than maybe you've had to say um, before Mm -hmm. because you don't know as a leader, you don't know. And we're just, you know, at least in Wisconsin, um, sort of easing our way out of lockdown. Illinois yep. is a little bit behind Wisconsin in that. Who knows? But they're a little bit now. Maybe that'll be. Who knows what'll happen there. Where do you, in in your best crystal ball of of I don't know ness, where do you hope to see this your 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 business and this country go in the next couple of months?
1: Uh, it's sort of two different questions. I'd say hope to see or think I'm going to see, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's sort of the hope and then there's going to be the reality, which is that, that, that probably got, you know, punched to some extent. I think here's where I, this is, I've kind of felt this way internally the whole way along, which is, is this concept that you know when this was all just happening and just fresh and we didn't know what was going on i think the right thing t- for the country to do and the states to do and business to do, is just l- lock it down sh- you know like you know, check it down let's batten down the hatches let's figure out what's happening here get a sense as to it are we going to be overrun here health hist- is uh, where are we at now we're past that it, mm-hmm. we're not co- coronavirus is we're not done with but i'd saying that didn't happen and, and it and it really I wouldn't say can't happen, but it really shouldn't happen because there's going there's awareness moving in a forward direction. When this was all, when the wave was coming, we didn't know what was happening. And all of a sudden there's something that showed up that we've never seen before and we're completely ill prepared. Yeah, and it, so I, got I, I have, it got real.
2: Yeah. It got real for people when it hadn't been real. So everybody, it's real for everybody. Everybody knows what it is. Knows, Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: I think, for instance, say there's a second wave. Okay. There's a second wave. Well, we, again, everybody's in the same page or everybody, it's not like, oh, what's what's coronavirus? What's the novel virus? What does this mean? Uh, a mask? What do I do with a mask? You know what I mean? Like, they're all okay, second wave hits. What are we going to do? Testing is going to be in place. Masks, are, you know, like we know what to do. And, and if we have to shut it down, we can shut it down. I doubt that that's going to happen. But I think to me, once we got past that sort of, we're not going to get overrun here, then I think in my mind, I think the, the rational approach moving in a forward direction is to do a couple things. One is, those folks that are vulnerable, need to know that they're vulnerable um, and understand that they're vulnerable. And I think they know that at this point, I don't think there's any surprise that if, if you're in an older age group, or if you've got comorbidities, um, that if you catch this virus, that, that those are the things that are gonna do you in, the virus isn't gonna do you in, it's, it's the, the other things, the, the other conditions that human beings uh, have that will you know will, will, will cause trouble. So if you're in those categories, acknowledge it okay fine if you're not in those categories acknowledge the fact that this is unpredictable and you could be a 20 year old person walking around the world catch coronavirus and uh die yep that can happen the same thing can happen with the flu same thing could happen if you're walking down walking across the street um yeah or any other one so i think that's where that's where i think government sort of recedes and the individual needs to step up and the individual needs to recognize risk, reward, you know, what am I doing with my life? And they cannot, um, you, and you need to own it. And, and just, and, and this is, I mean, I, I feel like this is where it gets, um, controversial, but I don't know why it's controversial is they, we, they're people are, I think people sort of make this false dichotomy between, um, you know, uh, a business that's functioning and, and earning money versus lives. And, and you, you know, it's sort of this, this really, Insane and uh, inane um, statement, which is you you are you you're choosing dollars over lives. You know you're you're really going to do that, and I'd say, yeah, you do that every day. I do that every day. You do that every day. Um, No doubt about it. And you can deny that that's the case, but it is the case. And and so you know if we truly were. Thinking that life is the the ultimate thing, and then we would we wouldn't ride, we certainly wouldn't be driving cars. We probably wouldn't leave our house. You know, there's so many things that we we do and we take it for granted that we just wouldn't do, but we choose to do those things. We right. choose to do those things because risk is part of life, and um, and at the end of the day, I think. If it's not going to overrun a healthcare system, then I, then I think it comes back to the individual and the individual needs, needs to decide, is it worth the risk? Is it worth the risk to go to a bar? And what if I get sick? And you know, what if I die? Is it worth the risk? I don't know. I, for me personally right now, probably not. I don't really need to, to, to do that right now. But, but I'd say for somebody, but but I can't make that, that decision for somebody else and nor should they for me. And on the flip side is if you choose to expose yourself to risk um and you get burned, then you really you, you could complain about that, but you really shouldn't. Um, you know, one in a, a hundred chance is still one in a hundred. And so those things do actually happen in the world, but they they happened before. And so I, I guess, long story short, I guess I think there'll be a world where risk is identified and people will um sort of, as they did pre-COVID, judge the risk and decide whether they want to do X activity or not. And I think what's going to happen, back to our flawed human brains, is that If something doesn't happen very often, so if I go, um, you know, if I take a walk and I don't die uh, and I do that over and over again, even if there's a 1% chance, but if it's never happened, I'm likely just going to be like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing that. I think that's what's going to happen with masks and social distancing and you name it is I think people are going to live their life and find that generally they're okay unless they're not. And then those things are going to gradually sort of fade out. Um, and then if there are spikes that happen down the road, that that people will be more cautious temporarily, and then you know recede. But um, but you know another way to say that is I think we're going to place COVID um, on the radar screen of all the other risks that you deal with in life, and you're going to put it in its appropriate place. And that's where it needs to go. I mean, one thing, and I don't know that I've never heard anybody say this, I'm going to say it is that COVID, coronavirus, this thing is, um, I, I feel like we're, we're giving it more credit than it deserves. It is a stupid virus that its entire reason to exist is, is to just replicate itself. It is not, I mean, if it were really a fierce enemy, and this, this is going to sound weird and you probably already know this, but uh, the, the reason coronavirus, this particular virus is is fierce, is that it's wimpy enough that it doesn't really make you so sick for the most part. Like if coronavirus was Ebola and it was killing people when, when they got it, it wouldn't be a problem because it wouldn't spread. This thing is sort of annoying, spreads, um, is... Sort of uh, something that picks on the weak, and, and you know, if you think about an enemy, back to like you know, um, making this into a, a thing, it's it's sort of something that's not that strong that picks on the weakest of a society and has taken something away from everybody in the world, and everybody should be pissed off about that, um, you know, in, in a way. And, and I think I think everybody is pissed off, and I think they're going to take it out on each other because you can't really take it on a virus. But I think people are going to also recognize that they're going to contextualize what this virus is in the grand scheme of things. I don't think they're going to say the word contextualize. I think they're just going to say, um, you know, I, I think life is going to go on, I guess is the the long and the short of it. And, um, people are going to die on the flip side. That's going to happen too. So both things are going to happen simultaneously as they have. Um, and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it continues to go, but yeah, it'll be interesting.
2: Wow. I love the way you position that, you know, the either or thing as if, um, you're either for life or you're against, or you're for money. Like you said, you're either for money or for life. And the, the um, that sort of reminded me, as you said that it gets back to the, um, you know, the science is clear, you know, or right. one of those type of things. And I, I think to myself, like you said, you said it perfectly, you know, that we take risks every day. Um, also, and we take responsibility for our risks. At least most people do. Some people will blame, but, you know, but, um, when you look at things that are one in a million chance, every single person in the world, or maybe nine, you know, everyone except one out of a million would take that risk because that's a very, very small risk. Well, you've got this huge population with this virus, like you're saying, who have less than one in a million risk of getting in the hospital, let alone getting, let alone dying from it. Right. And then I think to myself, I tell my wife this all the time, you know, if if CNN and all the other broadcasts, if, if on TV every day they scrolled the number of deaths of every single kind of way you can die in this world right. across, the number would be huge, first of <laughs> exactly. all. And people yeah. would be like, holy crap, this <laughs> many You know, if you were reporting every day how many people died of car accidents globally, yeah, that would be pretty somber right people oh, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't want that but but with this because it's new and that's the only reason right because it's new yeah. people are like right. hey guess what happened today with this many confirmed cases and this many people died and people are like oh my god i can't go out yeah. and if but if you had that data scrolling underneath that said uh you know this number of people died in car accident these this number of people just dropped dead today you know what right. they just dropped <laughs> nobody knows why absolutely it would be a huge number and people would would I think maybe contextualize how what death in the world really looks like. And I know that you said, you know, it's it's hard to have a morbid discussion like that, but that's like a circle of life.
1: Too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I would say one thing, and I've, I've been thinking about this, and I try not to watch much of the news, but but you can't not see some of it. But I think, honestly, I think every physician in this, well, in the world, but in this country um, will tell you that if, if you had a camera crew, in the icu of every hospital the horrible stories and the tragedies and and uh are it's just con it's it's 24 7 365 and that's what we have right now we have you know sort of the media that is uh, uh camping out in in the er's and the icu's of the world and um and, and these are tragedies i mean don't get me wrong i mean so um it, it this is a tragedy and there's tens of thousands of lives that have been ended because of this. And that is a tragedy, but I'd say, um, yeah, our, our, our eyes are trained on this in this moment. I can't remember. It's some dictator who said, you know, the death of one person is is a tragedy and the death of a million people is a statistic. And, and that is true. And I don't, know if, I don't know if those numbers are right, but it's some, and it's true. Like you become numb after a while to, Big things that don't—they it's, it's, become harder and harder to relate to. Versus, if it's your mother, it's your wife, it's your you know whomever that 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 story resonates and it hits home and it doesn't in a way unlike any number would ever do it to you. um But then you kind of get on with life, and I think I mean I, again I, you know there's I, I, an analogy to this is like if I'm driving on the highway and I see an accident. Um, hit you, and and I mean, I've seen some gruesome stuff over the time, and you see something, and it's like oh, and you slow down, and you you kind of white knuckle it, and then you just sort of okay, and then you know I, at least me, it, it, whether it's an hour later, a day later, or a week later, I'm driving the same way I normally do. Now I'm not a horrible driver, but I'm just saying uh, it's out of sight, out of mind, and you get on with your life, and and you, the the risk hasn't changed. You know, like it's not like you're any less or more likely for the same thing to happen, Um, and it doesn't mean it's not a tragedy. It just means you can't live your life in fear. Um, You can, I mean, you could. I guess it's your choice. You you have one thing you can choose in this world, which is your attitude. So you could choose to live your life in fear, and or you could choose to live your life with purpose. And I would say, and I said this to my team, is I'll take if I have forty years left, I'll take twenty with purpose versus. 80 with fear, like I don't want, like I, it, 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 I don't want that, like, and I'm willing to stick my hand up and to have, whoever will listen and say, you know, it's your choice in life, and I think um, not everybody has to make that choice, like that's my choice personally, and I, I truly believe in that, but to live your life in fear is um, life is too short for that, and 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 and, and there, t- and I think the tragedy with this. A tragedy in this is a lot of people whose lives are going by. Who, um, you know, how do you say this? It, the moments are passing right now, and, and this will put them mentally in a place where, for a long time, their life is. You know, the days are going by, and they're going to live their life in fear. And uh, maybe those, maybe those are going to be the survivors. So maybe, maybe, maybe they they got one on on you know, kind of me and what I'm saying. Um, but I also say I think we're really for the most part we're all going to be the survivors and it's going to be a matter of how you know what what mark is this going to leave on you and what mark are you going to leave on the world and um and that is a choice it's not a like that's not just like oh whatever's going to happen you're going to choose and i would just say choose wisely
2: that's a perfect way to end mother thank you so much for coming on the show again and for sharing your thoughts and your personal experience with your business and, and you personally working your way through this. Like we all are some great perspective there. And I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to talk with you this afternoon.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. This is fun.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of the how did happen podcast, where we believe that success doesn't happen unless you make it happen. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. And while you're there, please rate it and leave a comment as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the show, ideas for future guests, or whatever you'd like to share. And of course, you can always find me at MikeMalatesta.com. See you next time. Thanks again for listening to the how It Happen podcast.